From the Praise Light Media Studios in Panorama City, California, this is Anchor LA. It's Friday, the 15th of September, 2017. North Korea fired a missile early on Friday eastwards from Sunan, the site of Pyongyang's international airport, towards Japan, falling into the ocean about 1,500 miles east of Aramo, Japan, in the northern part of the country, just less than halfway between Japan and the international dateline. The launched missile, according to reports, reached a height of 480 miles, which was higher than North Korea's missile launched in August, which reached a height of just 340 miles. Japanese media NHK advised people to seek shelter and not to go near any debris which may have fallen from the missile, although at this time it seems that no fragments fell to land. Fox News says that the reported missile launch comes three days after the United Nations Security Council unanimously approved new sanctions against North Korea. More on this story as it progresses. Well, if you're one of the owners of the last Nexus devices to be made, the Nexus 6P, this may be very welcome news. Google is replacing Nexus 6P devices that are experiencing battery drops and similar issues with the Pixel XL phone. There have been numerous reports of this throughout the U.S. and the U.K. if you purchased your phone through the Google Store. Sadly, no carrier or Best Buy phone to be replaced with the Pixel at this time, but even if your phone is out of warranty, contact Google Nexus support if you're experiencing battery issues. The most common issue is that the device will power off at about 35% as if the battery's dead. It's a known issue and Google is making good the best way they can if you got your phone through their store. And offering a $770 phone in exchange for a phone that retailed for about $300 is no joke. The hardware, software, and durability of the HTC-manufactured Pixel XL device are all major upgrades coming from a device made by Huawei and popularized on YouTube as the most bendable phone in history. Born in Sweden in 1859, Carl Gustav Guberi was a carpenter's son and worked briefly as a sailor. He had recently quit his work as a sailor and started working as a lay minister of the Mission Covenant Church of Sweden when in 1885 he was inspired by the sound of church bells ringing during a wild thunderstorm and penned a poem entitled O Great God. Although the poem was published, the nine-verse piece didn't really catch on, and it seemed destined to be all but forgotten, until three years later, when someone whose identity is still unknown matched the words with a traditional Swedish melody. When Gubari found out, he published the poem once again in 1891, this time with the musical notation added. The now hymn wound its way slowly around the world in churches and possibly some hymn books over the decades. Meanwhile, Guberi served in the Riksdag, the Swedish parliament, for 20 years from 1912 to 1931, 
also serving as the editor of a weekly Christian newspaper, Witness of the Truth. In the 1930s, English missionary Stuart Hine heard the hymn, now translated into Russian, while in Poland. Deeply moved by the song, he translated it into English, tweaked the musical arrangement, some of the wording, and took it home with him to England. In English, the song was now called How Great Thou Art, and in the 1940s, evangelist Dr. Edwin Orr heard this new version of the song being sung by native tribal people in Assam, India. And being deeply inspired by it, he brought the song back to the United States. It's still a mystery how the song showed up in India in the first place. In 1954, the song found its way into the hands of George Beverly Shea, who sang it nearly 100 times during Billy Graham's 1957 New York Crusade and in 1959 it became the theme song for Billy Graham's weekly radio broadcast, bringing How Great Thou Art into the national consciousness. Since then, it has been consistently listed as one of the greatest hymns ever written, usually falling at number two right behind Amazing Grace. But Carl Gubery never knew the influence of his poem. Sadly, he died in 1940, over a decade before How Great Thou Art became famous at the Billy Graham Crusades. We may never know which of our words or actions will influence not only the people around us, but possibly people living in the next century, especially in today's connected world. Make each word count, make everything you say, write, or pass on in some way reflect Christ, and may God use all things for his good and to glorify him and not us. Speaking of what you say from the previous segment, there's a lot of small talk, incidental jabber that's being tossed into the winds of online media, now perhaps more than ever in fact. Proverbs 10 warns, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. But aside from speaking too much, another challenge is discerning what you say or willingly hear, watch, or read for that matter. 2 Timothy 2 says to avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. Ah, oh, but it's funny, we may say. Or maybe we go the more sarcastic or demeaning route. Don't be such a wet blanket, it's all in fun, or can't you take a joke? Well, listen to Ephesians 5. Immorality? or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints, and there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks, for this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now we know the world will do what they do best, and that is to diminish God at every chance and attempt to portray his followers as foolish, backwards, and often uneducated meeklings. But sadly, 
There are even perpeted Christian humor venues which routinely mock and make irreverent fun of other Christians, biblical truths, and very serious theological and doctrinal distinctions. Romans 1 offers a very sobering reprimand when it says that even though some people may know God, they do not honor him as God or give thanks, but they become futile in their speculations and their foolish heart is darkened. Wow, we must not get caught up in the passing on or taking part in or even the creation of irreverent and foolish things. A good question to ask is, do I respect, do I fear God? The fear of the Lord, as we know, is the beginning of wisdom. Psalm 2 tells us to worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Have we gotten so comfortable with the Word of God that we treat it too lightly? Have we forgotten that this is the very Word of God? All of God's Word is directly inspired by God. And to use an old term, it's God-breathed. How can we treat it in jest or laugh over liberties taken by others regarding it? How could we subscribe to satirical witticisms put forth by those who are quickly forgetting their first love and treating the word of God, in some cases, as he means to attract the unreached to a flavor of Christianity by appearing down to earth, able to joke around, cool, but at what expense? In closing, John 12 leaves us with this warning from Jesus. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. We must not allow pride to elevate ourselves above the word of God, treating it as though we have license to disrespect or find humor in the twistings of its content. As Christians, we have been saved from eternal condemnation, from separation from God himself. And this, well, this is the very word of our God, our Savior. Thanks for listening to Anchor LA on Twitter at Anchor LA Podcast and Facebook.com slash Anchor LA, where you can find links and information to certain topics we cover in the podcast. Contact us anytime with questions or comments or call into our show directly on the Anchor app for Android and iPhone with input or suggestions for the show. We'd always love to hear from you until next time. From Panorama City, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Anchor LA.